used to bless the NES One of the best, Mega Man Mario and Simon's Quest Robocop, Double Dragon, Ninja Gaiden Never figured out how to punch out Mike Tyson Speed up to 89, just past the age of 5 Had to reminisce, Sega Genesis Sonic 1 and 2, had the best music Saw the black console, it was 16-bit Michael Jackson's Moonwalker and Shadow Dancer Never had a game genie for this young master X-Men, Gunstar, Heroes, Streets of Rage Mastered all of them Time to change the page. Take a ride podcast. I'm your host here, Starks. You can find me on my Twitter handle. It's at Starks underscore industry. You can also find me on Instagram, Jesus Christ follower underscore. I'm not here alone this evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you may be in the fantasy world. I have the wingman running the three LT the Sage. How you doing today, brother? Doing excellent. You can find me on at Sage Network underscore on Twitter. And I'm ready to go through a first full week of actual basketball. Last week was a abbreviated week, so can't take too much from there. But now we have some ideas. So Starks, I'm ready. Right. And so if you guys haven't, oh, I actually want to say Happy New Year to everybody. If you have not uh, got on to newlifefantasy.com, make sure you do join the mailing list. Join as a member for free. Make sure you guys subscribe to Take a Ride Podcast if you're a person that wants it to make it into the bigger industry, feel free to let us know if you want to be a contributor, like a writer, and I will help you to push you into like getting into like, obviously we're to me, we're more like the minor league system or like the college system when it comes to like the experts in a sense in the industry, but I don't mind to do the best I can to help others to, to, to push them kind of like, you know, the white knight, you know, uh, um, uh, gosh, Malachi. Yeah. Malachi, and some other writers to, to this side that would appreciate that and pushing as best that I can to help them. And they're doing very well. Me and LT are just people that just enjoy this for fun. Um, and we'll go into a segment about that. This particular episode, we are going to talk about the waiver wire and streams for deeper formats. And maybe you can consider in dynasty formats. Then we're going to transition to another quarter of talking about guards. What is the tr- what's going on in the guards this year? And then uh, we'll talk about a little bit of why we take this more of the fun route versus the expert route. And I can elaborate on that more. And then we'll get into the clutch shots. So with that being said, I'm ready to take people on for a ride. So the streaming article that I put out uh, for the waiver wire for week three, again, I'm decent at this, uh, but I know the white knight is the, the premium guy to put this out. But uh, there's three, what I typically do when I write this article is I put three waiver wire players that could be potentially out there uh, that is, we we consider this a Yahoo format. So if they are rostered between b- below 40%, check them out to see if they're available. Now, one of the first guys that I have on the waiver wire list before we get to the streams is DeAndre Hunter x Hunter. Uh, actually, the game, that the, the time that I wrote this article was right before he had this game recently. Um, but I'll say this, he's averaging 12 points, 2.3 snipes a game, seven rebounds. And I know that's probably changed, especially the game that he just had recently um, when he almost shot perfect, I think nine for 10 yesterday. Um, I'll pass you the ball, LT. What's your thoughts on Hunter x Hunter, man? Um, You know what? I don't know, man. I don't know. Sure. Hunter x Hunter is um, one of those players where he can, you know, he's young. Um, he's coming in, he's doing, you know, he, he had a great game yesterday, but before that, um, he was doing okay. Um, he was outside the top hundred, uh, before that outburst. So I don't, 
I don't know. Um, I mean, you, you pick him up later on in your draft, so he's probably giving you good, uh, depending on how deep your league is, you probably not even have him rostered, but he is someone to pick up this particular week um, just to see what they can do um, after his strong showing, man. And I think Atlanta, you have them as, oh, they do have just the three games um, this week. So, um, I mean, man, pick him up. Pick him up if you're thinking about it. Yeah, I just also think, you know, it's a little weird situation. So sometimes to keep the listeners informed, waiver wires is not going to always be particular players that you're going to have the rest of the year, but you got to take a flyer on certain players. Now, I believe, obviously, in dynasty formats, you have to have them rostered. Let's just be honest. 12-man in deeper leagues, yeah, I think so. And then as far as 10-man leagues, you're probably going to have him on your watch list and maybe even have him basically – you know, stream that position. But I will say this, what's a little bit different that I'm a little surprised and I think a lot of people can also say is as far as DeAndre Hunter goes, they got the new additions of Gallo, Gallinari and Bogdanovich. And you're thinking, well, he's probably going to be supplanted and get and come off the bench, but he's still starting. And the person that is actually outside looking in is uh, Kevin Herter, which is surprising. That's getting six uh, fewer minutes. Uh, but there's two more players I'll talk about on the wire and then we'll go to the streams real quick or just players we can consider before we get to the guards. It's Tyus Jones. He's probably going to be picked up already. You know, he's rostering 24%, and Yahoo formats has probably changed. Not this last game, um, because like I said, I, I basically wrote this article before this the games, uh, some games yesterday. And Tyus Jones, I think he had like 12 assists or something like that, or 14 assists last game. Uh, but the prior game before that, they got steamrolled. But he's a guard that is worth having on your team because we know about – your boy Ja Rule LT that is going mm. to be out for three to five weeks. So is it worth, you know, getting Tyus Jones on your team or what you think, man? Yeah, definitely. You want to pick him up. I mean, he is the de facto point guard while um, Ja Rule is out. Um, another guy to think about picking up um, on this team is uh, Bane, oh. Phil the Venom. Um, he is also someone to pick up. Now he is coming in and he – he took a couple injuries to Grayson Allen. Um, you know, we all know Jaron Jackson Jr. is still out. Um, DeAnthony De Melton hasn't played either. And that has given the opportunity for Bain to, to record heavy minutes here in the last couple of games. And he's produced pretty good. Um, and especially on a back-end flyer pickup, I, I mean, Bain looks good. Yeah, like Stark said, the people who lost Ja, ja Rule, Ja Morant, probably already picked up Tyus Jones right away. Um, he slotted in, like you stated, one rebound, 12 assists, two swipes, and only right. only six points. But he, he more than likely will score more as the time goes on. Yeah, for sure. Um, that, I'm glad you brought up Bane. I, I was definitely looking at him. He, he's someone to consider because, honestly – the game prior before that game, Bain did well. I mean, he had 16 points, three snipes, or excuse me, a snipe and, and a couple of steals himself in 32 minutes of action. And I don't know if Grayson Allen is back or not. So that's, an, I think you might have mentioned, maybe if you didn't, uh, that was another player that was missing off the Grizzlies. Yep. But let me also say this. This is going to be very uh, sick to people's stomachs. And I don't, I didn't want to put his name out there, but I had to. It's Gary Harris for the Nuggets. Uh, he's rostered in 8% of ro rostered in Yahoo formats. And I will say this about Gaz Harris, or Gary Harris, is I know about three or four years ago, he was, like, valued at a top 50 player. Now he's not, essentially. Let's just be honest. Let's be transparent. But what you can understand is this, is the menace is still coming this his way. He's also starting in Denver. He's averaging over 31 minutes a game. You're going to basically have him on your team. Obviously, he's there for defensive purposes. The 1.3 steals, 
Steals is not just easy to find in the waiver wire, and I think LT can agree with that, essentially. And then also keep in mind next week, there is a short amount of games played on Tuesday and Thursday for next week, only five games apiece for each day. Any Nuggets players that could potentially be worth uh, streaming would be good for those low-slated games because of um, what sticks out to mind is MPJ is going to be out for like a couple games. But by that time, he's probably going to be back next week because of the COVID. Uh, I think he was around someone COVID, but that's what I wanted to drop on on uh, Gaz Harris. Any thoughts on uh, Gary Harris at all? Yeah, man, it's kind of it's kind of sad, man. Gary Harris, um, he used to be that quality guy you could pick up um, near the end of you know top fifty player. You could find maybe after that position and draft day and get you some um, and give you a top fifty value. But you know what? It's not that way anymore. They got new people there. They got Jamal Murray uh, taking up usage. They got Yo- uh, Goers Nikola Jokic. They got Will Barton. Um, playing better than him in most uh, on most occasions and most days. So um, Gary Harris is still a good player. If you're in a deep league, like we are Stark for, you have a lot of uh, bench usage. Um, you you know, he's probably rostered and we're probably part of that 8%. So most, most, <laughs> most leagues, I know the league I'm in, another league I'm in. Um, he's not, he's on the waiver right now. So um I think he's okay. Um, I think that, you know, he, he might get a little bump here in the next game or two, but as soon as MPJ comes back, I, I can't see too much happening with this guy. Yeah, yeah. And then to kind of close up around the stream, the deeper stream options, who was the five that I had listed real quick there, LT? Absolutely. You got Cameron Payne. Uh, you got Cameron Payne, number one. Well, not number one, but as one of them. Jarrett Culver, Culver's Ice Cream. Dad Young, the young one, Desmond Bain. You did have Bain on there. Um, and then you have my guy, Daniel Gafford, as the uh, as the other one here. Yeah, I had those guys. So for these five players that LT spoke about was players that's uh, rostered under 8% in Yahoo formats. So if you play in very deep leagues, if they're, you know, someone to utilize, yeah, definitely, you know, give them a shot. So going down to the stream streaming chart, this is still – for people that is, uh, you know, based off of 40% or lower in Yahoo formats. You know, Killian Hayes, he's <laughs> – we're going to talk more about him during the guard section, so we'll pass on him for right now. I do have him at the top of the list, but like I said, we'll talk about him later. Uh, Lonnie Walker is another person to sh- stream. He's got three games next week in San Antonio, but what's beautiful about him, 25% rostered, it's the Tuesday and Thursday games of next week. And actually, let me just go ahead and say the Tuesday and Thursday games for those uh, that need to know is San Antonio. Let me see. Who is it? Tuesday, Thursday. Um, let me go back down. Well, from what I have on my list is like this. So San Antonio is one of those teams. Your team, Portland, plays Tuesday and Thursday next week. So you're going to eat next week. LT, Minnesota plays Tuesday and Thursday next week. And there might be another team, but I know for those teams right now, they're playing Tuesdays and Thursdays. So getting back onto this list, for those that are playing Tuesdays and Thursdays, Enos Cantor could be available. He's coming off the bench in Portland, 37%. Rosser, Naz Reed is what LT would say. Taz Reed, 20%, 21%, that he can play Tuesday and Thursday. So to be honest with you, he should be actually ranked higher than maybe both of Enos and Lonnie Walker, just because we know that Cat is out for quite some time. And then Nasri gets four games on top of that, and he's starting. So Minnesota is truly a wasteland team. Um, I stand right now that Cameron Johnson is like five. And LT, if there's any other players you want to touch up on or even recite on that. 
No, not too much. The one thing I did want to mention on this list is Kay Porter Jr. from Cleveland. Um, he is he's been out, but if he does get back in there, um, I would maybe jump on him now if you're in a deep league. If he's still out there in yeah. your waiver wire and just hold on to him um for when he comes back. Cause again, Cleveland, um, they're playing well right now, but they're still a a team that's going young. And so I can see him getting some playing time. I know we like him here at uh New Life. And then also just to give you a good insight on you know i'm always into the portland columns you know i'm always going to give you that fresh clipping and this canner is listen giles the the jungle giles man look out for harris giles um harry giles um he if i will say this he it won't happen right now but if he continues to bring energy and play like he has in the last game or two that he's been put on the court Ennis Canner will lose his uh, backup starting job. Um, so just keep that in mind if you are looking at somebody for the future. And like me, I'm looking for cheap big men all year this year. So you're going to go on this journey with me. Uh, we're going to have our eyes on Harry Giles, baby. Yes, yes. And then one more person I'll just talk on the stream. And then if there's anybody else, we can move on. But one more guy's another guy's the house party, Danelle or Daniel House mm. from and I know he's been giving people a hard time this season, but to me, in a deeper format, only rostered in 18% is someone is still considering. And obviously, Gary Trent, I know he had like a little owie the other day or whatnot or one of the games, but he exploded one of the games too, LT. I'm sure you've seen that. I think he like dropped 28 or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. I have him, I have him in a, my, my, my team. <laughs> and uh, that's all I have to talk about on the streams. Is do you want to talk about anybody else or do you, would you like to move forward? Nope, we're good. We can move on. All right, LT. So I'll go ahead and pass you the ball, man, uh, to run that offense on the guard list, man, for this year. Absolutely. So we're going to be talking about a couple of guards. We're going to do a guard-centric, um, you know, information. So far, it's early in the season, I understand, but we got to look at some of this guard play because, you know, guards are one of those people on your team that can either make or break your team because um, they usually have high usage rates, let's be honest. So um, they're, they usually have the ball in their hands. We're going to start with a couple of notable injuries first, though. Um, we got Ja Rule, my guy, Ja Morant, who went down. I was, man, I was watching the game and I saw him go down. Um, Starks, who do you think immediately, we talked a little bit about Tyus Jones. We know he's coming in and filling in, but who else is getting a boost from my guy Ja Rule being out? So collectively, man, this is sad to say, but it's it's true. It's obviously the, the whole starting lineup, but Kyle, Mr. Anderson, mm. he's going to do better. Your boy. Um, Dylan Brooks is going to pump up the volume even more. That usage rate is going to go through the roof. Probably going to shoot 20-plus shots again. Wouldn't be surprised. And a guy that I'm expecting to play better with Ja out is the guy that comes off the bench when I'm trying to come up and figure his name out. He's a forward slash center. It's, it's not coming to my mind. John at the John Kachar? No, he. that's a deep one. That's a nice one, LT. He's a, he's a potential one. It is uh, Sean McDermott. Nah, it's it's a uh, he's got because Jared, uh, not Jared, out Triple J is out too. He should be filling that hole, but he's not. Is he an oldie but new? But, but is he an oldie? Nah, he's he's a he's a new he's guy. A new I think guy, huh? Second. Okay, I'll pull, I'll pull it up also. Let me see. Yes, here. It is. I know you're not going talking about Gorgy Porgy. Hey, he, hey, he's doing good. I got him on the sheet. I don't feel bad about. Him. I see. Is Brandon? Brandon Clark. Oh, okay, man, like, okay, okay. He started. He started last game. 
He started yeah. good, good. Brandon Clark should be the man, not essentially the man, like, but he should be doing more. The last game, it looked like he did pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm good with that. The two blocks. See, you give him 32 minutes. He's honestly, he's a top 75 player better if you let him start and get the minutes. So hopefully he should be the the guy that gets the most value, but along with Dylan Brooks and the uh, collectively the rest of the team. Now, as far as deep, deep formats, what you just said, uh, that name that was a Kachar, yeah, he's he's actually an interesting guy to look at too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just remember Kyle Anderson, if you pick him up or have him, he is, it's not saying that he won't be good afterwards, but he's kind of on like a, kind of have him as a rental. As soon as Triple J comes back and is up to speed, He's gonna really eat into that. Kyle, Kyle probably won't start, so uh, we'll see. We'll see who starts, though. Maybe they will start Kyle with Triple J and take. Um, nah, I doubt it. <laughs> but yeah, um, um, but yeah, going on, we got just to talk about injuries real quick. We got T.J. Warren, Warren G., my guy from the Indiana Pacers, is injured. He is out indefinitely. Starks indefinitely. That means we do not know when he's gonna be back, and we, to be surprising. Unless if a deep, you know, they make a playoff run, maybe in the playoffs, I can see it, but I just don't know. Starks, what do you think about TJ Warren and what happens with Indiana over there? This is a tough blow for fantasy GMs that drafted him. For some reason, I mean, I went with the gut. I, I steer away from him. And he was following drafts because he was had a, like a little lingering injury. and it, But he started this season. People got excited. Like, yeah, I cut a coupon. I don't know. I was like, dang, I kind of missed out. But I was like, if something just feels weird about him going into this year. He was a player that I called a breakout player last year. Now, I'll miss on some players, but he was one I definitely hit on last year. Um, what I think about this, because a lot of questions that I get is, do I drop TJ Warren? I got to know your situation first, like I, listeners or in even people that are on our site. The, if you're going to ask a question, to a suggestion is, let me know what type of league you're in. How deep is your format? And I can kind of help you from there. Because if you're going to say, hey, do I top? What do I just go ahead and drop TJ Warren for X, Y, and Z player? Then I'm not going to really know. Because listen, how long is it going to be out? I don't know. But I will tell you this: I don't. Is LT probably knows, and I think LT is the same. I don't touch players, especially. I'd be concerned any player that has any foot injury, fracture, uh, maybe Jones fracture injury. I'm I'm afraid to touch him. Like, I'm being honest with you because it's almost like they try to come back, and when they come back, sometimes it's a reoccurring injury. I'm not saying that's the same case, and I'm not saying I'm a doctor because I'm not, but that's just something to look at. Um, if you were to say, what is my – I don't know, but I will say this. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for the whole season. Yeah. Honestly. Now, who is it going to get the value boost? You would think I would have someone in the waiver wire streams. I think I had Justin Holiday, the Holiday Inn brothers. I mean, you can utilize them. But to me, mostly it's going to be the starting lineup that is going to get a massive boost. Doug McDermott or Doug McBuckets would be someone that could consider, but I'm not excited for those options. Yeah, I was going to say, Doug McDermott did have a good game last game. Um, and so he had nine rebounds, 18 points. No assists, oh, wow. no steals, no blocks, but got you the rebounds, got you the points. And I believe also that he had a couple, I'm sure he had a couple triples with those. So he gives you those, those, you know, those nice stats there. Yeah, he had three 
three three pointers. So um, he gives you those threes. He's give you. Uh, he's gonna. He's probably gonna produce higher with points, and he's probably gonna get more minutes and opportunities. So just keep that in mind for Mr. McDermott's Mr. McBuckets. Um, another thing, unfortunately, remember when there's no Jeremy Lamb. So um, that's he's not gonna be getting that. So that is gonna fall on the Holiday Inn brothers and Aaron Holiday got the start. Um, rebound, one rebound, two assists, one steal. Doesn't jump off the page. He only played 22 minutes because guess what? Big Buckets was on fire. So just keep that in mind. They're going to go with the hot hand of that position. Um, but like Stark said, 36 minutes for my guy Malcolm Brogdon, 34 minutes for Dippo, um, and 37 minutes for what's your bonus, sub bonus. So just keep... <laughs> Keep keep those guys are gonna go off the rest of the year, and this is kind of like last year. And you know, the last year they lost Dippo, so production around the around the board. Then they lost Brogdon. Production around the board went higher for everybody else still available. It's gonna stay that way um, with TJ going out. There's a lot of points that need to be done. Um, other than that, we can segue real quick into Dippo Starks. Your yes. boy Dippo, he's been playing really well early on in this season. What do you think about Dippo and his resurgence? Does he look good to you? This kind of hurts my heart, man, because I was like, I, I think I'm out on him this season mm-hmm. um, in redraft format. So I didn't want to take the risk. And honestly, the value that you're going to cut a coupon, well, it's not even a coupon. I think that was almost right. It was too right for his draft position, his ADP. And I was like, I don't know. There's a lot of players at this point in the draft that I was looking at. Um, he's doing well. What? Uh, is a nice thing to see is his steal rate has slowly got back. I'm not saying it's back to where it was at, but even at 1.3 steal rate, um, this year is a beautiful sight to see. The usage rate has expectedly go down. So that was my issue because I felt like Dippo needs more of a usage rate in Indiana. But right now, he's playing on all cylinders. He's averaging more snipes. I know it's only a few games, four or five games that he's played, but he's averaging 3.3 snipes a game, and that is nothing to take lightly. Now, the field goal percentage, he's shooting at 55%. I don't think that's sustainable. He's playing inside the top 20 currently right now. That is a beautiful thing. I don't foresee him shooting that high of a rate the rest of the season, but I will say as a guard, I am pleasantly surprised for Dippo, and I still love that guy. Unfortunately, I don't have him. Yeah, Dippo looks good. I've watched, um, if you guys um, didn't know, um, Yahoo uh, NBA League Pass was pretty much you can watch all games through Yahoo Sports for like the first week or so. Um, I think it's over now. Um, but I was able to watch a lot of these guys play. And so guys like Dippo, man, like he he looks good. He looks back. And the way that he doesn't have to handle the ball all the time either. You got Brogdon actually handling the rock most of the time. And they, they kind of do that switch off just kind of, kind of like Westbrook Beal where one person brings it off the court, another person brings it up the court. So just, I mean, man, it, it's looking good. So um, hopefully, fingers crossed, he stays healthy and he can produce for you guys who cut coupons on him at draft day. And then, um, all right, we're going to move on over to, we're going to talk about a couple of guys. Uh, Dippo was one of them. We might as well segue into older or not even older, but some players that you were able to cut coupons on in your draft. <laughs> man. First, we're going to talk about not not the Holiday Brothers, but the Holiday Inn, Drew Holiday, um, <laughs> Mr. Old Oldie But Goody Starks, your boy Drew Holiday. Now, I don't know if it's your boy or not. How you feel about Drew Holiday, man, and what he's doing over in Buckworld? 
I, I like what he's doing this year. I expected him to bounce back uh, this year. I, I didn't. I felt like I should have drafted him in more leagues, mm-hmm. but I, well, I should have drafted him. Period. I just didn't. It just felt weird. Um, but you know, last year he was a disappointment to some, essentially, well, to most, because he only projected. Well, he only provided like top fifty-ish around that level last year. Now it's almost like he's back to where he was. Now he's his minutes came down surprisingly. His points has came down. So you're like, well, what's the value? How is he doing so well right now? His steal rate is very high this year. He's averaging two steals a game. He's perfect pretty much at the charity stripe, and he's shooting a high percentage at 50%. Now, do I believe his value was going to come down looking at some of these numbers? Yes. I don't I don't know if he's going to be the back to last a couple of seasons ago, especially with these minutes coming down. Because that means he has to still have this high steal rate, which I don't think, too, is sustainable. Now, he's always been a solid st- uh, defender and give you those steals. But I don't know if two steals of a, a game is going to be sustainable. And the field goal percentage, it could be. I don't. I think it's going to be a little bit lower than 50%. So I think maybe this year he'll probably be around the 30 to top 30 to top 35 range. Yeah, he's giving you right now. He's you know projected as the second best point guard right now um, in leagues. So um, in your in your fantasy leagues, again with category and Yahoo uh, nine cat. But again, that that's amazing for where you drafted him. Uh, me and Starks were talking earlier on in the podcast. You want to talk about a, a a draft or strategy if you went you know forwards and big men early and got cheap point guards near that middle to you know after the middle rounds. Oh man, your team is looking crazy right now. Absolutely crazy. If you if you hit on some of these poor point guard picks, man. There, even um, I know um, I didn't. We didn't talk about him, Starks. But even the potential for Lamelo Ball, um, what yeah. he's been doing. Um, if you were able to pick him up later on in your drafts, he looks like a guy that eventually is going to take over in over there in Charlotte, and he's going to give you dimes. He's gonna. I mean, his his. I mean, his jumper looks weird. Yes, but guess what? He's hitting. He's hitting it, and he's he's scoring right now at a high level. So, um, give him another month to get acclimated to the game and get up to speed more. And man, that's a scary thought too. So, Starks, what do you think about our next guy? I saw you have him on one of your squads, Mike Conley. Mike Conley coming in. I think at like the top. 10 or 12 here uh, of point guards so far in the season, young season. Give me your take, man. Um, this was this was a simple move for me. Now, I will say this. A lot of us, pretty much the whole industry, I think, as well as experts, we thought he was done after last year. That's fine. But as, as what I said before this season started, I don't care how bad you played last year and you get me the current price, and I'm going to cut a coupon on it, and if it doesn't work out, a massive coupon, then I'll pass on it. Mike Conley, what he was, I think his ADP was close to 100 or even in the 80s. But in our draft, I got him at 129, the 11th round in a redraft format. And just like what LT said, I went a little different style, which is weird because I don't, I always love guards, but for some reason I was cutting, I was going cheap on the guards this year because for some reason I, my team end up getting more forwards than guards. But anyways, Mike Conley, his last game. (laughs) 
Oh man, I know I know LT's seen them stats, so let yeah. me just spew out that game. It's 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 really gross. Seven snipes. How many three point attempts did he? I, I need him. I, I think he's. I think he took like 15 three point attempts or something crazy like that. 33 points, seven assists, one steal shot, 55 percent. Made all of his charity stripes. What's my thoughts on Mike Conley? If anybody drafted him, you are an excited GM. And I'm gonna be honest with you. It's like night and day because honestly, the year prior before that, when he was in Memphis, this is what Mike Conley was, except except for all these threes, but I'm taking them. But this is kind of what Mike Conley was. And last year, he played so putrid outside 150, outside the top 150. I get it. This is why people were like, nah, I'm good on him. But right now, he's looking good. Do I believe that he's going to finish out Around this range, no. I, I realistically think he's probably like a top 70-ish player or better this year. I'll pass you the ball, LT. What's your thoughts on the Connell, man? <laughs> Yo, so this is crazy because Conley, I picked up Conley last year because I did a, certain, a specific strategy where I was doing, you know, cheap point guards last year. And I picked up Conley because I thought he was a great value. I thought he would thrive in that system. Pick and rolls with Gobert. You think, you know, in your head, you're like, everything's working out. And he did awful last year in that system. But again, he showed signs of life in the bubble. We remember we told you guys, check that But What happens in the bubble doesn't stay in the bubble, baby. It is going to take a, roll over into the next season. A la the Suns. Suns are looking good. Um, and um, so, again, Mike Conley is exploding. The one thing that is going to drop, I can't, this can't keep it up, is this rebound. He has 26 rebounds on the year so far. I don't even the, the next the next closest person is LeBron James to Mike Conley and rebound rate for point guards in the top 10, top 10, top 12 here. Man, that has to that has to go down. He's playing with Gobert. No, why is he getting so many rebounds? You hate to see it, but he is killing right now. He shot 14 threes starks in that game yesterday. And man. <laughs> He looks like he is prime and ready for a big season. If you cut coupons like Starks did, I didn't need point guards at that point. So I, I, I didn't need them. I needed to get, you know, I was looking for cheap big men and other players. So I didn't get them. But, man, sometimes you just got to pick the best player available and cut them coupons. Yeah, and then typically also in the draft, I kind of went backwards. I would always promote drafting, like, younger talent mm. or drafting upside. To me, that that was just like, the what if pick that's that's what i looked at mike conley and the what if looks like a, a decent pick so um again i don't think these numbers that he's given obviously right now are sustainable but i will just spit this out there <laughs> he's given like second and third round value in the last week of production so that is hilarious and i'm laughing on the inside i'll pass you back the ball to Nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm do a, a quick a quick over toss pass to you because we're just going over all your guys, man. Um, <laughs> Garlic Junior is the next guy. He's right next to Conley on this top point guards list so far this season. Garlic Junior, man, he is exploding. And Starks was big on him last year. He didn't really explode. He started to do better near the end of the season last year. So that's something to take into mind. But remember, GMs, that was so long ago. The bubble happened. Everything was going on. A lot of people forgot that he was starting to come around near the season last year. Starks, you did not forget. How do you feel about Garlic Jr.? 
So here's, I'm glad that you brought it up. Last year I was big on him mm-hmm. and, and I was, I was a little off. Well, I was pretty much off last year. <laughs> the thing is with me uh, as a, as a GM and coach, I, I will, I will like a player until the fall. I'll give you a certain amount of seasons to, until you become something. And if you're not, then I will take the L. Like the biggest L I will take is to think, uh, what's his name from the Knicks? That guard. Oh my goodness. Alfred, and he's not, Alfred he got, Payton? Nah, even nah, not even him. Someone even worse. Dennis, uh, well, right now, gosh, I forgot. It'll come. Oh, uh, DSJ. Yeah, Dennis. I will, I will take the I will take the L all the way through. And DSJ, that looks like the biggest bust. And I, like I said, I will own I will own up to it, be a man, and say, forgive me, listeners, for saying about him that I believe that he could have been a top hundred player last year. And obviously, I fell on my face on that. I gave him enough seasons, and am I going to believe now? Probably not. But now, going back to Garland Jr., which is Darius Garland here, it's quite simple. The situation in Cleveland only looked bright for him to me. And obviously, like what LT said, he didn't play too. He didn't play good pretty much last year. He had a lot of inconsistencies, and I had him in leagues. But the difference is, like I said, I was like, all right, rookie year, let's see what a sophomore year could do. You give him another chance. Cleveland is really pushing their way to be more younger. Um, we know about Kevin Love being out. The love below, what LT would say, they have to, they got to push the younger talent. So Darius Garland, he looked a little bit better during preseason at times, or they talked They talked about him, actually. that He didn't actually do good in the preseason. And I cut a coupon on him. Like, I got him right after Conley, mm-hmm. that round. Now, this season... Is beautiful. Do I think he's going to finish like this crazy value that he's like close to top 25? No, I, I don't think so. Do I think a top 50 is potentially realistic? It could be. He's averaging this year, LT, three snipes a game. <laughs> three snipes, seven assists. So listen, listeners, he's, I will tell you this. He looks good. As LT will say, he uses the sage eye. There is a certain nostalgia that I utilize looking at his gameplay. And looking at his gameplay, he's improved as a facilitator and as a sniping artist. So in a sense, that is trans, uh, transitioning to good fantasy potential on your team. When you're averaging that many snipes and you're getting that many assists, and not only that, his steal rate has doubled. He was 0.7 last year to a 1.4 this year. His field goal percentage to me is not sustainable. That's where he's going to be shooting 50%. I don't think that's not sustainable. There's no way. But if it is, as LT would say, you're smiling from ear to ear. But the question is, do you sell him high? I'm going to ask you, who are you going to sell him for? Just like Christian Wood, who are you going to sell him for? And it's another player we'll eventually talk about to kind of transition into that. But as far as Darius Garland, if you have, especially in dynasty formats, you are not trading this man. Redraft formats, enjoy the ride unless someone is, is really selling you something in return that they really want him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of things. This is what I call the perfect storm for uh, Garlic Jr., man. Um, not only is he playing better sophomore year, he had a year in the league. He's got, he's got a pretty long off, you know, since they were, you know, not uh, not competitive. He had a pretty long offseason to work on his game. Um, the people, the, the, the players around him are better. Um, and so that also helps with the, what's happening. Sexton, um, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen him. He's playing. He's right on this list, yeah. too. He's playing great. He's playing great right now as well. Um, he's hitting more shots. 
Um, so Garlic Jr. the Sexton is a real deal. Uh, real deal. Guess who's down low for my man Garland, one of the best centers in the league, Andre Drummond. Um, guess who's sniping? Larry Nance. For some odd reason, JaVel McGee is sniping as well. I don't understand why, but he is. I saw him do it, and I was disgusted, and I wanted to turn off my TV, but he hit it. Um, and so uh, Chetty Osmond coming in in a, in a role where – He's scoring off the bench. Instead of starting, sometimes he's coming off the bench and, and doing well. Uh, this team is actually good. And so yeah. even without, and they don't, they're not even deploying Kevin Love that much. Kevin Love's been owie. They don't need him. They don't need him right now. They're, they're, you know, they lost the last two, but they've been, they've been pretty competitive in most of these games, except for the one in Indiana. Um, and so you just, man, you love what you're seeing. Five snipes from this guy. I would never thought I would say that in the same breath of my man Garland. He's worked on that range and is paying off dividends in fantasy. And the last thing I will say is you you brought up a good point. Like, who's playing around him? And also, I got to also say, who is going to – and that's another thing I look at. Like, who in the depth of the roster is going to is gonna be breathing down his neck? I wasn't worried about Dante Exum. Kevin Porter Jr. is a guy that I like, we like, or maybe I, I, I like him more than most. But he's been injured, so – who else is going to be in that backcourt? That was another thing that stuck out in my mind this year about Darius Garland. Uh, but I'll pass you back the ball. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, they got Donton Exum starting right now when um, – and they got him starting. So they have a bunch of ball handlers. They got two ball handlers on the court at one at any given time. And they're purely using Sexton as a pure – he's a pure SG now pure shooting guard and he's driving in that role and that's going to help Darius Garland just his it's, gonna, it's just everything's working better with this lineup that they got and and to be honest it all starts with drumsticks um and it's it's kind of you know mirroring back to everybody else so um but to move on uh we talked about Dippo already um we're going to talk I'm going to talk about some young guys and to be honest this 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 particular player um is uh to put it lightly killing me softly uh, and that's killian <laughs> from uh <laughs> it's killian from the, <laughs> the from the pistons and um you might want to you know stark's got a good um i guess formula here you want to maybe take the darius garland approach with killian this year um darius garland had similar beginnings <laughs> last year from my memory where it was it was stinky poo it was really bad and um killian is is right there the good thing i will say about killian hayes is that his coach said that they're sticking with him it's gonna be rough you know they know it they said that he said it hey he said yeah guess what we're gonna stick with him he's got a lot to learn he's learning on the fly um and we're not going to, you know, we're not going to quit on him or change up anything. He's, you know, pretty much stating he's the future um, right now anyway. Um, so Starks, what do you want to tell fantasy GMs that took a flyer on Killian and are looking at his stats, not scoring at all, getting injured and not doing anything pretty much other than, you know, being a, being, a, <laughs> being lifeless on your fantasy roster. <laughs> So I'm glad we brought up Killian Hayes because I was – this is another guy that I considered a sleeper this year. He's on – he's my number one in streamings list uh, four games next week, 31, 31% roster in Yahoo formats. If you're in a redraft shallow league, he's dropped. There's a likelihood he's dropped. You're, there's fantasy jams that is frustrating. I get it. Now, just like you said, this is an approach. This is exactly what you said. That's That was a good segue into saying – do I, I have the Darius Garland approach to him as well, too. He gets that that same 
thought process of mine. Now, I'm going to also tell you this in the back of my mind, LT, you know who else it kind of thinks me, uh, about who I think about of him on the other side on the wrong fence, though? Take a guess at this player. Random guy. You said just what? Think, I would say just take a guess of a player, the opposite player of Darius Garland, just randomly. Like, I think oh, he's going to be a bust. Um, well, let me just put it this uh, way. No, you're good. Yeah, I can't think of I, anyone. <laughs> Because I was going to say, you remember a few years ago about Manuel Moutier, dog? You remember him? I remember, when he was, I remember him, yeah. I, I I stuck it out, and it was like, to me, he's going to either be Emmanuel Moutier <laughs> or he's going to be Darius Garland. That's how I look at this situation, mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to always – that's probably going to be my go-to every time on a player now. But that's what I'm thinking, that he could potentially be Emmanuel Moutier. Get all this opportunity mm-hmm. the first year or two and then just did not – perform enough to have him as a solidified starter. But in saying that, Killian Hayes, if you have him in deeper formats, I really, obviously dynasty formats, you hold him, but in deeper formats, I encourage you to be patient with this guy. Maybe, and I believe he'll be better around the middle or even towards the end of the season. And I could be wrong, but I think if you're patient with him, you might reap benefits. And I actually drafted him in the same league. I drafted him ahead of Mike Conley and Darius Garland. So that is my logic to still believe, even when I initially drafted in this league with LT and, and some of the um, uh, fantasy new life uh, or new life fantasy GMs in that league, that that's where my heart is even still that he can still produce, but I'll pass you back or pass, pass you back the ball. Yeah. So he's in, I, I have a very weird feeling about killing Hayes right now. In one of my leagues, I kind of feel like I need to, move on but it's a very deep league so it's one of those things where i i almost I, you're you're almost put in a position where you have to kind of wait on him because you, you you picked him you drafted him in a position where you kind of have to wait to see if he blossoms halfway through the season um it's going to be rough the first six the first six to eight games of your season is going to be rough with this guy but you're going to have to hold hold out hope that opportunity is going to win out and i think that he has a spot on this team who's act this team's not bad uh, even though they hadn't won they just won their first game their game they you know they've been uh, pretty competitive um with josh jackson and jeremy grant running the man and again uh, blake griffin's been out injured so a lot of these young guys have been getting extra run and so i can only assume that it's going to turn around not completely but at least what he did against Atlanta, right? Atlanta, he had two snipes, 10 points, eight assists, two rebounds, two steals. That is, that's all I want from him. You know, I don't want anything more than that. If he can give me something similar or, you know, something to that rather than these goose eggs that he's been doing the last two games, just complete goose, gooses, um, goose and gander. He did give you six assists and one, but guess what? He did nothing else. He was on the floor for 23 minutes. No points, no re- one rebound and six assists, baby, baby, baby. You got it. You got to shoot the rock, Killian. And he'll learn. He'll learn. Right now, he's deferring a lot. I've watched some of the games. He's deferring a lot. We'll see what happens when he starts getting a little bit more aggressive. I want to be there. I want to be there to say I told you so. So I'm going to hold on to him. <laughs> All right. So let me say there's a player that I want to talk about real quick, LT. Mm-hmm. Um, transitions to um, – actually, was it before I talk about Booker, is there any other guards you wanted to talk about real quick? Uh, uh, there was one guard on here that I wanted to check in on. 
Where's he at? Oh, okay. So two players on the top 25 list, uh, Dennis Schroeder. Okay. I completely missed out on Dennis Schroeder this year. I don't know why I, I was big on, I, I, it starts. It's so weird, right? I was big on Caruso at one point in time thinking that he may start, but then no, it's Dennis Schroeder. And my, my whole reasoning for wanting, thinking, you know, Caruso was going to do good. is the same thing that Schroeder is doing now. And it's like I, I, running the man with those two, those two guys are going to rest a lot. They're going to be extra offensive burden. That's going to have to go on some other guys with some people leaving. And again, Dennis Schroeder is covering that right now. When you got, where you picked up Dennis Schroeder, he is probably a cute cutting. You are cutting heavy coupons right now. And no, he won't probably stay in the top 25 um, as far as point guards are concerned. But as far as, you know, you know, Maybe, you know, one top 50 best point guard. Oh, obviously there's, you know, there's probably only 50 there, but yeah, he's, he's, he's doing really good. He's doing really good. And then I also wanted to talk about uh, my guy, Mr. Dante DiVincenzo. Um, he is, uh, he, he was, I was big on him going into this season and he, you were. And he is giving you some very, very good production. It's steady. It's very quiet. But as if you're in one of our deep leagues or you're on, you love to see him putting in work at the end in your utility spots, um, giving you uh, not hurting you too much in any positions, um, you know, on a nine cat league category league. And also if you're in dynasty, I like what I'm seeing from him moving forward in that Milwaukee team. Um, if they keep winning or if they win, um, I can see him really, you know, once he gets more comfortable being that three guy that comes in and can get you automatic threes steals every game. That was a good call by you. I, I like Dante DiVincenzo, but I did not expect him to do this well this season. That was, that was a, that was a sage one. That was a good call. Cause he's putting up close to pretty much top 50 value, mm -hmm. man. His defensive stats, 1.7 steals. As you guys know, I love steals. Although my team in this league doesn't have is not strong <laughs> in steals, unfortunately. Um, but the the three snipes a game, LT. Oh Beautiful. my goodness! Beautiful. He, he's not he's not a usage rate player, mm -hmm. but he's that. It's like that perfect player for what Milwaukee needs, right? And he fits the bill. And he's only getting 23 minutes a game. Only 23 and, minutes a game. And, and I was going to say, those minutes are because a lot of these Bucks games have been either blowouts Whoa. either way. And so the, his minutes are low only because, you know, they're either blowing a team out or they're, or they're getting blown out. Um, so, but no, but his, you know, if he gets a five, if that normalizes, sorry about that, if that normalizes or regulates that you're, you're looking at, he can go up five to six minutes, um, and his defense is going to keep him in games late. Um, he's 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 a great guy, and again, this is what you would expected Wes Matthews to do last year, even a uh, Bledsoe uh, to do last year um, coming in. Um, and this year, they they're taking Giannis less from bringing the ball up the court like he's LeBron, putting the ball in Drew's hands a lot more, and Drew's a you know. Dishing that rock to different people, man. So I love to see it. So just keep that in mind. Devin Chincho is, uh, he's going to probably be solid uh, the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a good pickup. So we'll transition to the last guard that I wanted to talk about. And it goes, and this is going to offend some of you GMs or listeners out there. <laughs> it's Devin Booker this season. Devin Booker has been underperforming. Now, it's too early in the season to say, oh, he won't. 
I don't, you know, he, he's going to do, I know he's going to do better, but let me just advise a few things about here before people start lashing out at me. There's a gym in my league. Hopefully we'll get him on the, on the podcast. We're trying to get the old school where it all started. LT started this monster in new life. Like when it came to fantasy basketball, he introduced me into this and we have another person that is original. You guys heard of Lewis, but Abe, we have to get Abe on the podcast because of Devin Booker, right? I remember having a conversation with him and he said, come on, Starks, uh, Booker's putting, you know, he was trying to sell him like he was this, this top 10 player. He's like, I drafted him like this. And listen, to be fair and, and quite frank, Devin Booker was in Yahoo formats. He was like considered like a top 15-ish player in a lot of formats, top 15, 17 or something like that. For me, I like I like Booker, but I don't know if I like them that much coming into the season, like a lot of other experts did. Obviously, with Chris Paul, you would think, okay, maybe his value would be even better, and maybe he st- he still has time to improve. I'm not bashing him, but I'm trying to make a point here. Is this the GM was like, well, hey, can we get Jason Tatum in this deal? I'm like, dude, we I was drafting right after you. I said I drafted Tatum before Booker, so I, Tatum was off the you know me and Abe. We, this, when it comes to trading, that's where we're going to transition to actually here momentarily. Um, but Booker, he's giving like outside top 150 value in format. It's, it's, it's pretty putrid. It is bad. Now you're probably like, what is going on? His minutes has dropped. <laughs> His points has dropped. His assist has dropped because of Chris Paul. The, the turnovers. Uh, the turnovers, the high turnover rate, oh, close to my to goodness. That charity stripe. Guess what, GMs? He's shooting sixty-eight percent at the charity stripe. Now, is that going to be? Is that going to last? No, he's going to shoot better than I get it. I get it. But what's one thing that's interesting is this steal rate is up. That's beautiful. One point two steals. This is this is a career high mark for him right mm. now. Now, in saying all that, do I expect him to improve? Of course I do. Do I think he's a top fifteen player this year? No, I do not. I never did, at least for this year. Now, for the future, of course, maybe. If he does it this year, is it a chance that he can finish in the top 15? Yes, he can. That's not over. But do I think he's going to finish in the top 15? No, because he's never he's never produced inside the top 25 in his career. That's why I ask, like, listen, I understand that there's – and that's why I'm going to transition to, like, experts and – what me, LT, and New Life, we like to obviously have some expert opinions, but we try to lean more on the fun factor of things because if, if you're taking this too serious and you try to do everything analytical, you're going to be wrong. I don't care how many analytics you say, you're going to be wrong. But to measure, if you want me to be analytical to you, he's never finished inside the top 25. Do you hear what I'm saying? And he's a good player. Now, do I think he's a top 20 25 player this year potentially but do i fit do i believe in my heart of hearts that he's going to finish inside the top 15 this year no like so let's take tatum for instance you want to get analytical okay cool let's let's do that jason tatum last year all right and a lot of people felt like oh i'm going to take booker easy over tatum and that's kind of like a, it, it, it was like a heads or tails thing now i'm not saying jason tatum is is, a, is killing it this year like he was last year he Tatum is actually still doing good, by the way. But Tatum finished inside the top 15 last year. So if you're going to take any analytics, at least measure that and utilize that. 
versus Booker because Booker has not done that well ever in his career. But that also transitions to a one more part, and I will pass the, the ball LT momentary because I'm sure he's chopping at the bit. So with Abe, as LT knows, we have – and this is why as people of fantasy, if you're in fantasy leagues, you need to find rivals. You need to have a fun factor and enjoy this comp- competition. Be competitive but have fun. We had like a trade discussion. <laughs> and I was willing – and that might bite me in the back, my, my behind now – but I was willing to trade, and, and probably most people would do this. I was willing to give Christian Wood for Booker. And then we kept going back and forth. He was cool with it, and then he changed his mind. And now I'm changing my mind. I'd, I'd probably rather have Wood at this point in time. Wood is giving first-round value, by the way, listeners, just to be transparent with you. Um, I, was I concerned with uh, Cousins and Wall coming back? Yeah, of course. But Wood still did good. Wood still good. Now, eventually, he kind of pulled out of the trade. And then I was like, all right, cool. And then now he, he came back to me. Abe tried to come back to me. He's like, hey, Booker for Wood. I was like, nah, I don't think so now. So I'll pass you the ball, LT. What is your thoughts on even the trade? And what is your thoughts on Booker this year? Okay, so I, I actually have Booker. Um, <laughs> I have Booker in one of my leagues. And um, he is underperforming right now. I, I will say a couple things. One, yes. Um Chris Paul is not Chris Paul is good for like real life. Um, but for fantasy, uh, it's, it, it, yeah, it, it's not good for Booker. Um, now as far as a couple other things, um, Booker's going to have to change his game up. I watched a couple of the games and Booker doesn't seem to me like a, like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, a Richard Hamilton, right? He's, he's not like a, you know, he's not, he's, he's not like a, um, yeah, like a Rip Hamilton, you know, he's not like a, even Beal, you know, he's, he doesn't have this ability to just catch the ball and shoot it, right? And he's going to need to learn these skills because what, what's happening is he's holding the ball way too long. Um, Chris Paul's coming down, running sets, and then he'll come in off of screens and he won't shoot it. He'll, he'll like dribble around and like he's the point you're not the point guard anymore booker you're not the point guard anymore you're not playing with rubio you don't have to do it all you just got to flow with the offense and once booker realizes that hit all of his averages all of his numbers should go up but starks you made a good point about booker even when all of those bad boys go up he still ain't better than tatum because <laughs> tatum gives you a lot more for a lot yeah. less and so, and he's, and, and it's crazy that Tatum's putting up the value is with, with a guy that's in the top like four or five right now. Um, when you look at totals, um, and Jalen Brown, um, so you got, you, he's Tatum still putting up first round, uh, or second round value, um, on the season. So it's just crazy to me that, um, Booker, I don't, you know, I picked him up cause I, he, he fell in the second round in, in one of my leagues. So, I mean, at that point, you got to pick him up. And he should be better. The three-point rate should be higher, um, should go up. Um, the threes, the the percentages, you would think would be better with Chris Paul. His percentages should go up. But he he's stuck in I-have-to-do-it-all mode right now when I'm looking at him. And that's causing all these crazy turnovers, all this pressure. He's, it's like once Booker realizes he has a good team this year, <laughs> He doesn't have to do it all. He will be better. But 
I don't know if he's going to be in that top 25 discussion all year, man. I just don't know because everybody else on that team's better. Chris Paul's going to get it to the open guy, not the best guy. And, you know, you're, you're going to have to live with those results. He's going to have to become Shea Giggles. And uh, I don't know if he has SGA in him. We'll see. Interesting. That's that's a beautiful breakdown. And uh, again, listeners, I am not saying that Booker's not good. I love Booker. I enjoy Booker's mm. gameplay. I enjoy the skill that he provides in fantasy formats. But I just do not see him as a top 15 player. Not this year. Maybe in dynasty leagues, yeah, potentially for sure. And just like what LT says, he doesn't have to doesn't have to try so hard. Yeah, like your team is good. Those Did turnovers, he, those oh, turnovers, turnovers. The, his night and night cats. If you have Booker, you're never. You're, there's no way. There's no way. He's he's he has like back to back eight turnover games. Like it's, it's, yeah. And, and and I and to be fair, most superstars like in fantasy is going to give you a lot of turnovers, but that that is a massive that's amount not of turnovers. That much. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty out, outlandish. But I I think so. So some people will probably say you got to take Booker starts in in a trade versus having Wood, because I don't think. And this is funny because it's like I didn't expect Wood to play this well this season. I did not. I, I did not. But I I, I I there's certain players I just got to just roll the punches. Now the trade. That um, this is where it starts to get weird. <laughs> the LTA trade, man, LT. I know you're feeling good about this trade, but I'm I'm telling you, I, I'm not feeling good about this what trade. What are you talking man. about? What trade? The trade me and no. Abad? Yes. Oh, man, not, oh okay, okay. I'm not, I'm not feeling good with this trade. <laughs> now, not at all. Now, now, go ahead. Now, the, plead your case. Please go ahead and plead okay, your case. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> Please, <laughs> and, and and this to the listeners real quick. To be fair, this is why we enjoy fantasy with our heart heartstrings. And sometimes using your heartstrings could be incorrect, but I could be wrong here. But LT, I gotta hear it. I gotta. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm 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 give our listeners a little insight. Okay, real quick, I'm gonna give them a little insight. So yes, I, I was the original started. You know, we all did the fantasy league, and then. Um, you know, first year, you know, there were some growing pains with everybody. First year, everybody, you know, everybody was, you know, you know, you know, just getting good. You know, Starks really got into it. He really took, you know, he took some of the information and things I, I told him about and taught him. And uh, he really went, he really went to town, as you can see. Um, one of the uh, GMs, Abe, that we've been talking about, Abe, he actually, instead of coming to the Sage Dojo, um, he actually <laughs> took, went into the Starks. Uh, industries <laughs> building <laughs> to learn his to learn about his the learn his ways of the trading and so this is this is this is the story about it. I started it right. I'm like the old sensei in a dojo that that taught that taught everyone the basics. But then the younger, more hip, uh, one of my younger hip <laughs> students, Starks. Everybody just went off and worked for him. For the and I'm just alone in this dojo about you know. <laughs> I'm just alone in this dojo with like <laughs> honor and like positivity and like good <laughs> trades, not taking people for rides. And everyone was like, nah, we'd rather take people on roller coaster rides. We'd rather just swipe their whole teams. We'd rather trade with random people that don't do don't don't even start their players, but they're doing uh we're doing uh Madden trades. We got we got haircut trades, we got we we got cuts, we got this man, listen. I, it all it's all happened. So there's a lot of history. Whenever we talk about trades or anything, there's a lot of history to go with it. 
So one of the main things we all know is that Abe loves himself some Curry, some Stephen Curry, and he loves himself some Golden State Warriors. Am I right, Starks? He loves himself. He loves himself. Warriors. He loves himself them. We also know that Lillard pulls at my heartstrings. Not so much all of the Blazers, but Lillard specifically. There's something about just watching him play, man. It just, it just, I, I, I enjoy it. And so I've been eyeing Lillard since the beginning of the season. It's like, my, there's a couple of players that I've had in both leagues where I'm like, this just ain't me, you know? You know, that's, this is the difference, right? Like industry leaders, you know, per, you know, you know, experts and all this other stuff. They're going to, they're, they're, they're going to play these players and they're going to just try to play to, you know, they don't care. you right. They're looking at stats and numbers. <laughs> no, I'm passionate about the players that are actually are winning it for me on a day-to-day basis in fantasy because it just hits that much harder. You know, like, you know, it, when you have your guy and he just puts up like six threes, right? Right. Abe, if you're, if you're listening, you know, you just have your guy and he hits like six threes, 30 something, 30 something plus points. Um, he he's your guy. <laughs> it feels good, man. It feels so so good. So anyway, so me and Abe was gonna trade in. Abe is had a bad week. Owen nine got the got the goose egg. So he's trying to <laughs> wheel and deal, man. But the thing he doesn't understand is that I'm this. I'm from the original dojo. Okay, the original <laughs> dojo. All of the tricks of the trade that he learned from Starks. Guess what? I've seen it all before, man. I've seen it all before. All the new equipment he, you know, he provided to his all of his, all of his employees throughout the fantasy years. I, I, I've copyrighted it, so I already know the tricks, right? So he's trying to, he's trying to get. So the trade went like this. Okay, he got. Um, I, I had to give up AD, so I have Anthony Davis in that league. So I gave up AD. AD's been doing. Um, okay, he had a really big. He had a crazy game, right? A crazy game just now, right? So he, 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 you know, whatever. It's, 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 that's cool. Um, and then I get Lillard, of course. So that's the that's the one for one, right? So AD and Lillard. That's pretty even. You would you would say that a that's a that's a win on A because AD brings a little bit more than Lillard is obviously with the blocks and rebounds, um, and steals probably. Um, and so then the second guy I wanted from Abe. Was one of my was a was a man crush I have this year, and my man Grant Hill. Oh, I'm sorry, not Grant Hill, Jeremy Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Same team, <laughs> different player. Jeremy Grant, I love him this year. Absolutely love him. He's gonna be big. He's gonna get the, all the opportunity, all the minutes. Remember, they just signed him to this big contract this year, and they said, "Hey, you can stay in. You can stay over in Nugget World, right, <laughs> and not get any playing time because MPJ's there." Or, or you can come over here. We'll start you, and we're gonna play you thirty plus minutes a game. How about that? And he said, "Let's do it." And so he's balling right now. And so he 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 did that. <laughs> and I had to give up Benny Hanna, which is Ben Simmons for you guys who don't know Ben Simmons. So I've been trying to figure out a way to sell off Ben Simmons since maybe like a couple games ago. The reason being, I love his game. I was watching him play. I was watching him play. And I was like, you know what? He doesn't do it for me. <laughs> I'm watching Ben Simmons play, and he just doesn't do it for me. Why? He keeps missing his free throws. Was It's tanking my free throw line area where I'm actually strong at this year. It's very rare I'm strong in free throws. 
I, I, I need better. I need better free throws. So I get Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant. I don't know if his free throws is any better to be honest, but it doesn't matter. I wanted Jeremy Grant. <laughs> so I give him Benny Hanna. So in Abe's mind, Ben Simmons is better than 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 Jeremy Grant. And so he 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 thinks he's probably won that portion of the trade. Um, I I know how Abe thinks. So right now he's winning, right? So in my head, I'm like, all right, let's go ahead and throw in a third guy then. In my head, you know, just to cap it off. So the third guy in the trade was, this is where I pulled out his heartstrings, Draymond Green. He's been he's been coming at me for Draymond Green for about a week or so now. One, he's been wanting Dre. That's where it all started. He was trying to get a trade for Dre and Ben. And I was like, I, I, bring Lillard on, bring Lillard on over, baby. Bring Lillard on over. So Starks, we get the trade, and I'm looking at his team, and there's somebody on there that right now, as far as point guards and shooting guards, he's putting up top value right now. And that is not not, <laughs> not Curry, not not the one you're thinking about, uh, the other Curry. And um, he's, he's, he's doing pretty good, not top right value, but he's doing pretty good. The reason why he works for my team is because with all these additions I just made, it doesn't hurt me in free throws. He adds to my, he adds threes. He has a just crazy amount of threes on my team so that I can solidify that area as well. And, and he just doesn't hurt me as much as some of these other guys that I'm trading away. Like Draymond. <laughs> I, I, I saw Draymond play yesterday. Hey, Abe, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> it, it's just, you know, so that trade, I don't think it's a terrible trade on paper. If you look at it, um, because I think, in his mind, AD is better than Lillard. Ben Simmons is better than Jeremy Grant. And then technically, Draymond has the potential to be better than Curry. But for my specific team that I'm building, this trade, I I, I won this trade just because of the team that I have. So Starks, what, do you, what is your thought process about that trade? This was beautiful. And this is where we're complete opposites here. And this is gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna trash you and build you up. I just want to give you a heads up here. Okay. <laughs> yes, the the originator, LT the the sage is the originator, the dojo. I even came from his dojo for a minute, and I ran out. <laughs> I ran out of his dojo. I I created my own. Like I I took some of his skill set and I started creating and implementing my own into another part where it got even deeper. I went into a deeper rabbit hole of looking at experts. But then I came back to reality throughout this time span. Like, why am I trying to collect every data and let me be myself, but at the same time still collect data from everybody mm -hmm. else, but to really have my own um, piece of information. And yes, unfortunately, there was a lot of students that started to come after the, <laughs> the new hip version. And to be honest with you, the hip version, to some degree, it wasn't the best version to come after. You know, when you come to a dojo, you want, there's honor, just like what LT said, there is honor in how you orchestrate yourself. But at the same time, in my dojo, if there is a trade that seems more beneficial, I'm not going to care about the other GM. Now, LT will care about for the other GM, and that's where I need to, I've, I've found out throughout the years I need to improve in that. And that came to bite me back in trades but in saying all that because i'm sure we'll have many stories along the ones and even the trades that's why some experts are not fans of me or a lot of them are not fans of me because of the way i orchestrate or there's always things that is said quote unquote that starks needs to talk about this or starks 
that's not fair. He's taking advantage of people. If you're trying to cheat to win, like I don't. So if you're telling me cheating is a sense to me, cheating is taking like advantage in a league where you're are like doing stuff that is false. Like someone to say you're gonna get, which we'll talk about here momentarily. You know, you get KD. You traded James Johnson for KD. Mm, yeah, that's like yeah. what I'm saying. That's what that's what some people will have the thought process of me on. So, anyways, going back to the point of this trade, I really think LT lost this trade tremendously bad. But I will also say, on the other hand, I could be wrong because what I respect about LT, what a lot of people don't know and a lot of experts don't know, is LT was big on Brandon Ingram secretly. And that's that is that is that's across the board. Nobody really knew about that. I laughed, and even the white knight, we laughed at LT like. You know, I don't know, Triple J, he was offered a trade, I think, for Triple J yeah. for Brandon I think I think he was he was might have been encouraged and did that trade. I, I can't remember or kept Triple J. But Brandon Ingram finished. And the logic in the expert industry, you think like logically you would have took Triple J over Brandon Ingram easily. It's like a sell high moment. Guess what? It ain't looking like that anymore, is it? So that's why I'm gonna respect LT in that aspect. Regardless of how bad I think this trade is for LT, this is why in the industry and even in the experts will probably think this is a bad trade for LT, I think. I would think. But the reason why I think it's a bad trade is quite simple. Jeremy Grant, this is where we, we the passion, LT has, he has this passion of the live by the moment with certain players. And sometimes living of the moment, to being a prisoner of the moment can really hit you bad at the end of the season. And he's a proponent of that. I'm a gym for certain players. I will write it out even if it burns me. And if it burns me, it sucks. So it can work both ways. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be wrong and LT is going to be wrong. LT is going to be right. I'm going to be wrong and vice versa. You get it, listener. So the bottom line of this trade is this. LT, how he broke it down was very beautiful. AD versus Damian Lillard. The logic is AD is the better player, right? That's the logic. And then it comes to, just like what LT said, what then you got to look at Benny Hanna, which is Ben Simmons and Jeremy Grant. I would think easily it's Ben Simmons in my I, I logic. Mm -hmm. And then it comes down to Seth Curry and Draymond Green. Then in my logic, Draymond Green's a better player. But here's the issue. And this is what LT brought up. That's a beautiful point. How LT's team is structured, this fits his team. And if it fits his team, this is going to strengthen his team to dominate in certain cats that was harming him in cats. Does that make sense, listeners? So... Although I think logistically or even in value-wise, this was wrong, it doesn't matter because if this is going to help LT to dominate in categories, he can beat GMs across the board. Now, <clears throat> the reason why I just think, obviously, I think it's wrong or I think it's not a good trade is because AD is a number one or top three player. LT could have drafted Lillard if he wanted to, mm -hmm. but he, was, he didn't like what AD was doing, and AD started out slow. Now, do I think AD is going to start out, go finish slow the rest of the season? No, I do not. He had a good game last game. Of course he did. As soon as LT traded him, of course, of course, he, of course did. he did. right? <laughs> but but Lord, Lillard had a pretty good game too. But the thing is this. Jeremy Grant, this is, where, this is where it gets really shaky for me. Jeremy Grant, to me, this is a prime example of a sell-high moment. I do not think this is going to last. He was giving like top 16 inside top 25. Now, do I believe he's potentially a top 50 player? At this point, probably Detroit is a wasteland team. But we also have to understand this comes on the heels of 
<clears throat> excuse me, Blake Griffin not playing in Detroit. That's another thing that sticks out. But LT brought up another good point. He signed a big contract. Detroit sees something else, and he's doing well. He's pumping up the volume. He's taking snipes. He's scoring a lot of points, and I can't ignore that. I can't. As much as I want to, just, this reminds me of potential. This could be an LT situation where Brandon Ingram was doing good, and he stuck with him. He didn't care about the sell. How LT felt in his heart like Ingram is for real. For me, no, he wasn't. But I was wrong. And I think LT is wrong again. But this could be in reverse Brandon Ingram on Jeremy Grant. I'm just being honest. So do I think this is a terrible trade for LT? Yes, I still do. I think it is. Because not only did this help Abe's team, this helped both coaches, by the way. Abe's team is about to be a rebounding, blocking freaking monster. And I was about to give him Christian Wood. I had to pull out now. I'm just like, yo, I got to do something. And that typically, that's me trying to trade and stuff. Now, as far as Ben Simmons, yes, that would have tanked your charity stripe, LT. It didn't make no sense. Um, but I thought you could have got more. Obviously, with Abe being under my dojo, he's going to try to squeeze to as much as he can possible. That's him because he's been under my dojo. And that's hard, trading with me, taking people for rides in a sense, that we're going to always try to maximize whatever we can get. Um, and then Dr Draymond Green and Seth Curry. Seth Curry has been a surprise this season. Top 50, beautiful. And I think, man, I think he's a top 75 player better, and that's good. And the thing is with that, Draymond Green should be the better player, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the better player. Does that make sense? So Seth, Seth Curry right now is close to top 50. I can't ignore that. But what I will ignore is I think LT ultimately lost his trade because he could have got more. That's my thoughts on that. I'll pass you back the ball because I know you want to say something. No, no, no. That was beautiful, man. That's beautiful. So so this is this is where the dojo differences as, as Starks said. Yeah, I could have probably gotten more, but then would I have gotten Lillard? Probably not. So that's the thing, right? Eight, I, I gave him AD and Ben, right? And for for Starks and Abe, that was perfect, right? That is like, oh man, yeah, you know, Starks, you know, if if they're on the side of the trade, they're like, oh yeah, AD and Benny, yeah, definitely. A couple things. Um, again, the main thing is Ben Simmons, and the reason why I traded Ben Simmons for Jeremy Grant, it's just he, Benny. I can, I can just tell, man, his free throws, man, and I should be winning this week. In free throws with with who I have on my team, DeRozan, <laughs> um, Bradley Beal, a couple other people I have on this team, I should be winning free throws, and I'm struggling. I was struggling. I was struggling before last night, <laughs> and so I got you know again. Um, I think that um, I think that was the good move, and then Draymond. I don't like Draymond. That's the other thing. I don't like Draymond Green. So again, this is this is this is one of those things where you have to. For me, being able to jump into my team every day and look at the players that I'm I'm just I'm playing with, and, and have a smile on my face from ear to ear, is more important than you know statistics and statistical advantages <laughs> and all this other stuff. Because listen, me and me and Starks did a trade, right? Malcolm Brogdon for Jamal Murray recently, yeah. and um, I mean. Again, not to say that trade's a push. Starks probably won that trade. I will tell you all day, Starks probably won that trade. I will tell you all day. There's two things. One, Jamal Murray doesn't do the little extra stuff that I needed on that team. I need I need, a, I need a, a more of a facilitator. He's going to give me a little bit more assists. Um, and Jamal Murray's a scorer, man. And he's a good scorer. But I needed a little bit more punch from some of the other places. And also, um, 
I don't like Jamal Murray. <laughs> so me having the root for this guy and then he does bad, it leaves me with a bad taste in my mouth. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm a, I'm going to get solid value for him, get someone that I that I need to strengthen my team and then go from there and then live with the results. And that's exactly what I'm doing. And um I think that in the other, again, in the other league, I have the guys I have on that league. I'm not beating Abe in rebounds anyway. <laughs> I'm not beating Abe in blocks anyway, whether I keep AD or not. So it's it doesn't make sense to keep AD and try to win in these positions that I'm not going to win anyway, or I can strengthen the other ones so I can maybe in a tight game win 5-4. And here, let me say this also, because this is a good subject. Um, if the listeners, you can feel free, but this is, I think it's it's important for you guys to be invited to LT's dojo and also in, invited in to my lair because you guys get some of the, the, the funny things that happens between, between like leagues. Because listen, if you're not having fun in your league, then there's something wrong. I, I'm just being transparent. But this is why I think even more now that you brought A back up, that he won this trade. I think Abe is going to have solidified field goal percentage against most of the league. Uh, rebounds, blocks, turnovers. So that's four cats. And potentially maybe steals because he has Benny Hanna, Ben Simmons, and Draymond Green. Now, steals, he's probably going to – and I'm sure he's going to listen to this episode. But he, he kind of knows. And, and maybe Ray, because I know Ray wants to hear this episode too. Um that he's going to pretty much lock those down. Points, he might be able to mess with that now. But I'm just saying, if you can solidify, like, at least five cats, as you got mm -hmm. listeners know, you're going to win, like, the league. It doesn't matter how cute the team looks or how what value you get players. As long as you lock down categories, I mean, points leagues. If you do points leagues, it's a different yeah, monster. Different we monster, yeah. points leagues. But in category leagues, this is why I think this helps A more than it helps LT is what I'm saying. So LT's team is probably strengthened. But I think Abe's team is more strengthened, so I want to make sure that's clarified. And also, LT brought up another good point. When me and him did the trade, the Jamal Murray and Malcolm Brogdon, on paper, it probably looks like that um, Jamal Murray's the you know probably the better fantasy player. But to be honest with you, Brogdon is playing better than Jamal Murray right mm -hmm. now. Brogdon is doing what inside top thirty-five value this year, or close to inside top forty. Jamal Murray, he started out slow. He had a good last game, but he's like, what, around top 80 value currently right now. So he's doing more. He's doing – so can he finish – and honestly, can Malcolm in the middle Brogdon finish better than Jamal Murray? It's – it's. there's a good possibility that, that was for sure. before the T.J. Warren injury too, so. Exactly. Yeah. T.J. Warren injured. Indiana is playing a different offense. Uh, I missed out on another boy of mine, Miles Turner. We see what he's doing. I love Miles mm -hmm. Turner, but – He's having a career with all those blocks. So you just don't know. You you don't really know. But I will say this. I, I think you lost this trade, LT. But, you know, I know you're feeling good. And I could be wrong. <laughs> Thumbs up. And, uh, and I, I have to say this for Ray. So let me say this to the listeners because, you know, just get this all out. When you're in a league, if you have like a family type league where you've been playing consistently for years, I encourage many listeners to either play in deeper formats or dynasty formats. And honestly, I think, where I, I'm starting to focus more and honing on honing in on is deeper formats because you get to really um, play with more players, not only play with more players with deeper benches, but you also have to force yourself out your comfort zone to reach for certain players that you just don't know about. But the trade that this is what Ray gets, and I, you know, you because Ray wants to hear this episode. 
when people offer a trade and you think you took advantage of someone, you hurry up and accept it. But you try to reverse and say that I was the other person was wrong for doing that. Shame on you. Because listen, if someone offers a trade, you thought so. He so basically, real quick, Ray thought he tried to send me roast. And this is now. This is for now. This is when experts are going to be mad about this. And I'm I don't care. But because we are fun, we're a fun podcast. But we also do things in a fun manner and competitive. So he sent Terry Rozier to me. On accident. And you probably think, oh, Starks, you're in a taco league. No, you're missing the point. Just listen. He sent me Terry Rozier. No, no, I sent, I sent him Terry Rozier randomly. I didn't expect this to happen. I thought it was just going to start a negotiation, a conversation. We talked about this a little while ago, but I'll, I'll expand on it. I sent him Terry Rozier for DeAndre Ayton. And, and this is when, you know, Terry Rozier had an exploding game. We all know that. But now Scary Terry starting to relegate to what he is, right? And DeAndre Ayton was been putting up future games, obviously, in this last game. He played good, by the way, double-double, double-double. And uh, <laughs> he, he, he was like, oh, man, I, I'm about to take – Ray in his heart, he was like, oh, I'm about to take this person for a ride because Ray has Rozier in the other league also. It was like, oh, I'm about to take this person for a ride. He thought it was like a young rookie or one of the young listeners. He's like, I'm going to take him for a ride. Let me go ahead and get Ayton on my team, so now I'm going to trade Rozier. Guess what? Like, no, you didn't. I sent you Rozier, and I got Ayton. And then he reached out to me like, oh, man, I took advantage of that gym. I took him for a ride. I was like, oh, I said, oh, did you? I said, who, who was the trade? He's like, oh, man, I got I got Donkey Kong style. And that's when I was like, okay, you got Donkey Kong style, meaning he just got all these big men. So I was like, all right, whatever. So then one of the listeners, <laughs> or even actually the, the kid, which is another guy that I feel like, I don't know if you know this, LT, but the kid is like nostalgia, like. Of, I guess he came out of my show yes, too. Yes, yes, he's he, one of them. He plays, he's one of them. He's one. He plays just like Abe. When Abe got out, it was like he took Abe's spot. So this is interesting to have the kid and Abe in the same league now. It's it's back to the basics and back to all the nostalgia we used to have. Um, but the kid reached out to Ray. Was like, "Yo, uh, will you talk about Donkey Kong? You see the trade you did?" He's like, "Huh? No." And then and then like Ray was like, "Well, who did?" And he was like, "You traded him to Starks too." And then Ray went on this, this rampant irate. He reached out to LT. He reached out to Abe. He reached out to the kid. And then he reached out to me and he said, hey, hey Starks, you're going to pay for it. You know, this, I thought I was getting the player. But you know what? What he didn't do, which I respect, though, from Ray. And this was this was clearly an accident. But what I respect a lot of A or Ray is that he didn't say, hey, trade this back. You know, even it was on accident. Now, a lot of other people will be like, well, Let's let's go ahead and reverse the trade because it was on accident. How I looked at it is before you accept a trade or even send a trade, it's it's obviously you know what you're doing or you have to hit accept twice. You have to analyze and what LT said was really potent. Even when you even accept, you're thinking about it more than twice already. You know what I'm saying? Because you're going to do your analytics and analyze. But what Ray thought was he was taking advantage of someone. So he tried to hurry up and accept it. So that also told me is this, it's not really my issue. It was his issue. That was his problem. That's his fault. Because the number one, he already thought he took some for a ride. But number two, he didn't, he didn't, um, he didn't make sure what he was doing. And in saying that, but what I respected from him is as a GM, he did, he's been playing for years and he, he made the error. He didn't cry to the league and say, hey, forget, fix this and fix that and let's go to the voting. Hello, can you hear yeah, me? I can hear you. 
Oh, he, that's funny. He just he just he called, just me, called by me, the way. He called me too. <laughs> uh, that's, that's funny. He just called me, by the way. Uh, we're we're going to probably do a three-way discussion too about this. Um, but in saying that, I respect him as a man because he just he, he accepted it. He took his he took his punch on the chin because he even told the kid like, you know what? That that's not my fault. I seen the message that he sent to the kid, and he said, you know, that's my fault. There's no excuse for that. So he didn't cry for the league, and I respected that. Now, if he said, "Oh, you know, can, can we can we like try to reverse this?" I probably, in my heart, from a Starks Lair versus LT's Dojo, LT's Dojo would probably reverse it. The honor honor code, the Lair of the Starks Lair would probably be like, "Nah, forget it." But I I have changed a little bit over the years. That I I might be willing, but at the same time, how he came at me, I would probably be like, "Nah, man, probably not. I'm probably gonna hold on to Aiden, but I don't know. But I'd probably hold on to Aiden, honestly." So. That is what I had to say about that. And I know he wanted to hear that. Listeners, if you're mad at Starks, forgive me. But, hey, it happens. But I will also say this to transition to the clutch shots. Um, before I get to the clutch shots, LT, do you have any last remarks on it? Nah, nah, there's nothing to say. There's there's really <laughs> nothing. There's really nothing to talk about there. Um, I'm, I'm going to go even deeper on it. Um, sure. Real quick, it's not gonna be long. Um, yeah, uh, he, you know, you, you got, you got, you got, you make a mistake, you gotta live by it, man. If you, you see, this is the thing, you know. I'm gonna say it real quick. Um, this is what happens when you try to live, live vicariously, live vicariously in the wrong dojo. You know what I'm saying? You know, when you try to, when you try to go through uh, things that you, you, you know, trying to take advantage of GMs and, and certain trades and offers. Um, you know, and, and again, there's not saying uh, people are like, hey, Sage, if if someone tra- you know offered you, ter- you know, uh, DeAndre Ayton for Terry Rozier after that monster game, what would you do? You know what? This is crazy, right? I'd probably take it. I'd probably <laughs> take the trade. And that's the thing about it is when you when someone offers a trade to you at that time, that's between you and that GM, and you got to either yeah. make a, a decision to accept it or decline it. I reject offers all the time, all, every almost all, all the time in our, our leagues. I reject choppers all the time. And a lot of people are like, why didn't you counter? Because you, you didn't come to me correct. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you, you you have to come to me a certain way. Um, even Kid, uh, Shalom, I give him props. He, he came to me. He didn't offer me. He didn't send me a trade first. He sent me a message. He was like, hey, what do you think about this player for this player? I was like, I respect that. You know, he, he, he's testing the waters first. He's not trying to send me, you know, like he's going to take, a, you know, some, some, some of these offers or to take advantage, right? It's, you know, and I know how Starks operates, you know, even even though he's he's definitely Starks light right now, uh, for sure. But he sent that trade because he wanted to start a conversation um, to eventually take him on a ride. Um, so th- that's the thing, right? <laughs> he, he wanted to take him for a ride. But he he wasn't expecting to take him for that ride, right? Uh, that was that was that was that was crazy to me, and I thought Ray did it on purpose at first because I saw it. I was like, okay, I guess you know whatever, you know. But then when I heard, I- yeah, I was like, whatever, you know, that's 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 Ray. And then um, when I heard it was an accident, and one of the things Ray said, and you know, he can attest to this. He he said he didn't know your name at the time. Your name, he said he he told him why does he keep changing his name. And I was like, I was like, because he can do that. <laughs> he, can, he can he can do whatever he wants to do with his name. You got to You can't be trying to take. He was trying to take advantage. He trying to stuck his hand in the cookie jar, and there ended up being piranhas in there. And that piranha was was Starks. <laughs> that's that's a good breakdown, man. Um, I, I 
<laughs> I got. I won't say more, but I'll leave yeah. it there. <laughs> clutch, the, the, the clutch shot is, uh, is is quite simple. Is we? I, I got to. Okay, so do we consider ourselves like experts? Maybe a little bit, but I like to take take it as we're more of the people who are passionate about fantasy, and some of our style is not going to be the styles like many other podcasts that you listen to and stuff of that nature. Um, and I get it. And sometimes it's going to be a little bit not quote unquote the good way of things. But I will always ask, what is the quote unquote good way of things on how to orchestrate a league? Because I've heard even experts say, well, most of the time when I do it, when they say they do a trade, they're looking for the, they're looking out for themselves. And that's what people forget about. That's still the same. So what I'm trying to say is how can you judge a certain trade is what I'm saying. Now, I judged LT trade. I said, I think it's bad. I think I think Abe won. I think that Abe took LT for a ride. But in saying that, LT believes in the trade. And that's what I'm saying. Now, LT's trade could be better at the end of the season, just like I was wrong last year with the Brandon Ingram Triple J trade. But you cannot police someone and how they should orchestrate a team. You shouldn't. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Experts be like, you can't allow this to happen. There should be a voting system. No, that's why there's commissioners. There's commissioners in leagues for reasons. But if you have a voting, then don't just get mad because someone was wise enough to reach out to a GM. That's also wisdom, right? Just like the free agency. That's like the waiver wire. You have the advantage to, that's why I, I, I suggest to do uh, free agent, free agent acquisition budget leagues or fab budgets. Because you want to take the risk on certain players like Keldon Johnson, for instance. Now, I know LT probably thought that was too rich. I dropped 36, I think, dollars on him. But look what he did. That's because my heart, I believe in him. Seven and snipes. I could still be wrong. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, double, double. He's looking good. He's looking now good. that money that I put out on him was worth it, right? For now. And I think forever. But sometimes I'm going to miss. Just like LT is going to miss. We're all going to, like, even experts miss. Like, so we can't, so that's what I'm saying. And then bottom line, also one more thing is on my clutch shot is find a rival in your league. Like me and LT are rivals. It makes it more fun. Makes it beautiful. I know LT didn't like losing in the other league. <laughs> I, go against, I go against him in this next week. This, uh, next week and I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of concerned because, his team is, like, structured the way I used to like my team. He has those guards. It's ignorant. So I leave it there. Um, that is my clutch shot. LT, I'll pass you the ball, brother. Yeah, man. Same thing. Um, yeah. I, I So on paper, I knew, I, you know, that trade wasn't uh, the greatest on paper, right? So I already know that. That's the thing about when you make a trade that isn't good on paper, who cares, right? Um, as long as it's not, like, you know, obviously, it's not as like you're, like, tanking, you know, putting on your yeah. tank top yeah. or anything like that um who yeah. cares right um i know a lot of other gms might care because they're like oh man the comeback kid now he's you know he's back in it um and you know what that's cool that's cool um but as far as what it did for my team now my only issue and what i i'm actually passionate about is finding cheap big men i, I love it you know I, I i thrive on finding some cheap big men daniel gafford is my latest pickup and i i think you know i think i think he could do something but again that is what you got to find fun in what you're doing. If there's no fun in what you're doing, especially when you're with friends, man, it's, it's a tough sledding, man. I would hate to do this and just do it for, you know, digits and numbers on the screen. Um, so yeah, that's all I got. 
Nice. And then we're thank you guys for tuning in on this episode. This was definitely a fun one. Um, where you can find me at is on my Twitter handle. It's at Starks underscore industry. You can also find me on Instagram, Jesus Christ under underscore follower, Jesus Christ follower underscore. If you have any questions, uh, just go ahead and ask me at a prompt time and I'll do the best. Oh, LT, there is a, can you pull up that question? You oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, yes, I can. All right. We did have a, a, a listener question. We're going to make sure to reach out to my guy here, Felix Guo. Thank you so much for watching and uh, well, listening <laughs> to the podcast. I appreciate that. His question was, um, he said, Hey Starks, I've been listening to you and Sage for over a year now. and Love the pod. Just wanted to ask whether you think Kevin Love should be dropped in 10 team league. Kimba <laughs> is in my IR. Woo. So, um, uh, my boy uh, Felix, man, I appreciate you listening into the uh, podcast. Um, I, I, to me, uh, the answer's simple, and it's a it's a resounding yes. Um, but Starks, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, to, it, there has to be someone on your in a ten team league. I'm thinking in my head, there has to be someone available on your wire um, that can produce and uh, produce at uh, you know a higher clip than Kevin Love right now. And even when Kevin Love comes back, I don't know if he's going to be putting up the gaudy numbers that he does normally because there's a rebound beast over there in Draymond and Draymond and Drummond. Um so I don't know. Um I don't I don't like his I don't like what I'm seeing. He's going to be ouchy all year. He's going to be I don't know if he's even going to play back to backs. Starks, what do you think about dropping K Love in a 10 man? This one is tough. Mm. Um, I would say, I would say yes, but I would also ask, well, how, like, what is your standings? How's your team look? Are you winning, or did you get the zero and nine burger like Abram did, right? Abram did on our um, on our league. If you only have one IL spot, I would ask your commissioner. That's got to change, especially with the COVID situation now. You got to have more than one IL spot, in my opinion, in all leagues. But yeah, if you have Kemba Walker and you have literally nobody else to drop, I would do the best I can to hold love. But if you can't, then yeah, he's worth dropping. That's where I Yeah, right I feel like I'm in a 10. I might be in a 10-man league. And I just, I, there has to be someone better out there to pick up. Um, let me check real quick one of these leagues. Oh, you're probably, you're probably right, though. Seriously. Um, hold on. No, I'm just, I'm trying to see. Yeah, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah. So let's see. Um, in this league. Um, ah. Uh, I mean, he has a point there. Uh, this is a five to 10 man league. Um, there doesn't seem to be too much right now on our end. Um, Grant Hill, but I, yeah, you, I don't know if you drop him for Grant Hill. Um, Hunter X Hunter is available in this league as well. Um, if you believe in Hunter X Hunter and what he did. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, it's slim pickings to be honest with you. You can, Oh, you can go to Denny's. Um, you can go to Denny's. He's going to be starting for the foreseeable future in Washington. Um, so yeah, he could he, he could he could also probably just keep streaming that spot. Yeah, just keep streaming it, and it, it's one of those things. Yeah, having an active stream spot is 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 so good, especially in you know Tuesday and Thursday games coming up. If you want to have an active stream spot, that'll help you out, especially in ten man leagues where people usually just they don't usually stream in ten man leagues because they just they're they're. Their whole roster is stacked. So, yeah. Yep, that's it. And uh, LT, where can they find you at there, brother? Absolutely. You can find me at Sage Network underscore over on Twitter. Send me any questions, information, or anything, man. I'm glad to answer any questions you have about pretty much anything.
All right. So, listeners, we thank you so much for tuning in. With that being said, have a good evening, morning, afternoon, and take a ride.